This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> Look at the three hoes that just walked in the door. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, my beautiful screamer and those three hoes. And welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay tonight. It is episode 283, and we are running out of time because it's the end of the year as we know it. And I don't feel fine. So I'm not sure if it's going to be a 2021 at this point. I really don't. But there is one thing I do know. I know I promised you that every day from now on is Halloween. But we are out of weed. I have stuck my weed into every holiday possible all year long. And now there's none left. the last one right now so i need all of you to take my ween and divide it among you and show god please make it stop okay i can't do that anymore all right everybody it is the final day of the countdown no not even well, yeah it's the final day it's the final day it is the final day of the countdown to halloween potathon which we started back in october and then mutated it into the every day is halloween fundraiser because this 14-day event has now gone on for 3,000 weeks and i am ready to retire but hey guess what it's all for good cause, and, 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 the big bonus is that it gave me an opportunity to get the courage to ask some certain people to be on the show. Oh my god, I'm so excited. It's One Direction. No, it's not. It's not. No, oh, please. Oh, god. No, please. No, no, no. I'm talking about two, two, two fabulous young men with a fabulous podcast who are tearing it up out there, even though they can't say the name of their own show, right? Yeah, I'm talking about Trace Thurman and Joe Lipset from the Horror Queers. Note how I said that? Horror queers. Because according to their show, they're horror queers. I mean, I don't judge nothing, but I would like to know if you offer an AARP discount because I'm going to get that starting next year. Anyway, that's not the point right now. Anyway, these fine, upstanding, and dare I say strapping young men are here today to help me talk about a little film from 1985. Okay, picture it. Sicily. Berlin. 1985. There's a movie theater. There's cocaine in a can and also a whole lot of demons. We're talking about Lamberto Bava's demons. Why can't I do a show without referencing the Golden Girls? Because I'm gay. I can't help it. It's just the way it is. Anyway, I love this movie. I have ruined so many parties with this movie. I, uh, every time I revisit it, it gets more and more fun. So it's great to bust it out with these boys. And also watch the movie. Ha, huh, that was gross. Hey, let's switch gears to something serious, shall we? I mentioned earlier that this is the final day of the every day is Halloween fundraiser. You're like, what's that all about? Well, where have you been? We've been doing this for 300 years. No, but every year, the Scream Queen podcast, I decided a long time ago, has dedicated itself to aiding in the battle against homelessness among the LGBT teenage population. Because let's face it, I'm never having kids. 
so I've taken it upon myself to mentor, you know, through this podcast by volunteering in new alternatives, which is the, and doing stuff like this, taking care of the next generation of queers because somebody has to, man, these kids are falling through the cracks. If you want all the scary, boring, upsetting statistics, you go back, you go back, you go back and listen to other episodes because I'm done. I can't. It's been too many, too long, too long. I can't cry no more. I could probably make a quick up show tune about not crying anymore, but I won't do that either because I'm just too damn tired. Uh, yeah, so we've been raising funds for a little organization called New Alternatives, which is um, located right here in New York City, and they help kids get off the street not just for tonight or a night or two, but for their whole life uh, by offering more than just food and housing, but also um, medical care, including like stuff unique to queer kids and also especially trans kids and who are going through whatever process they're going through. They help with that. And job training and getting them clothes, getting them clothes for business interviews, psychological help, mental and they get all the you get all the help and you get a hot meal three times a week. It's pretty fabulous. And it's not getting any federal money, which means that the federal government will not be able to pull funds like they're starting to do for organizations that cater to gay people. Because that's America now. Yeah. But even though this is the final day of the potathon. I keep calling it, well, it is a pot. You know what I mean. Even though this is the final day of the fundraiser, just like the previous years, the donation site, the main donation site, is going to stay open till January 15th. Just because this is a podcast. It's not going out live. It's not the Jerry Lewis telethon. It's not in real time. So people might be coming to it later, might want to throw a few bucks, and I'm not going to stop them. They might want to throw a few bucks to the cause, and I am certainly not going to stop them. I don't want them to feel bad that they missed something. And they're like, oh, they're really ready to have their credit card out and give, give, give. And they're like, oh, shucks, I missed the cutoff date. You got till the middle of January. You got no excuses. And how you donate is you go to bit.ly slash sqpodna. Bit.ly slash sqpodna. And that stands for Scream Queens Podcasts New Alternatives. Hey, Patrick, what about the Facebook page? F the Facebook page. We're done with that. I'm not extending that any longer. That one can go. We're just going to stay with the main one for now. It's the longer that's the longer that Facebook site runs, the more confusing it gets. It just it doesn't tell anything in order and tell me how much people are dirty. It basically just breaks down like the way I'm breaking down right now trying to get through this segment. Anyway, now I have been so incredibly kind because I do not expect you to remember all those bits and dots and leaves. Fuck all that. No, no, too hard. No, there's a link right there in the show notes, right there on your player, right there under your finger. So all you got you don't even have to pause the show. You just click on that link, donate your money, and get it over with. Hooray! Hooray! You've done a good thing. You've done one good thing in 2019, for God's sake, and you waited till the last minute, but you did it, so yay! Uh, yeah, there's some people to thank before we get on with the show, but I'm thinking maybe not this time. Since it's the last time and, you know, once a drama queen, always a drama queen. I'm going to milk it for all the suspense we can. I'm going to give all the thank yous out at the end and give the final tally of how much we've raised and give you the final tally of exactly how much we've raised for the homeless kids 
for the homeless LGBT kids of New York City. Did we meet the goal of $4,000 that I so foolishly set back in October, thinking I'd get it done in 14 days? Did we make it in six weeks? Did we make $4,000 in six weeks? I just told you I'm not telling you now, so why do you keep asking me this question? God, Jesus. Please excuse my, if I'm a little snippy, but I have a concussion. I am concussed. I had gotten up early, just woke up, realized there's no food in the house, particularly cat food, and you know, that's not going to do. When Miss Thing gets up, she'll tear up the house. Uh, snuck out at like 7 a.m. to go get the, some cat food at the bodega and some coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. I sat in Dunkin' Donuts. I read my book. And um, I had my backpack with me because that's where my book was. And, you know, I don't use... And you know, I'm, a concern, I'm, I'm concerned about the planet Earth, so I just throw the groceries in my backpack instead of using those icky plastic bags. You're welcome. You're welcome, Earth. I'm saving you. But I had my coffee, and I got up and I left, and I'm walking down the street. What I did not know was that a book or some cables or some stuff, I don't know what it was, something fell out of my bag while I was in Dunkin' Donuts, and I did not notice. My sack is leaking, okay? I'm turning 50 soon. Of course my sack is leaking. God. Natural progression of age. Back to the story. This poor little man, poor little old man, was running down the street behind me, screaming, Mister, Mister, you're dropping the thing. You're dropping the thing. You're dropping the thing. Now, I don't know if he sounded like that or not because I didn't hear a fucking thing because I had my headphones on. Can you feel a brand new day? Can you feel the brand new day? I could feel the brand new day, but I could not hear a word that man was saying. So when he finally got caught up to me and grabbed me by the shoulder, I was so surprised and shocked that when I spun around, I did it with such force and also ballet-like grace that my momentum moved into the weight of my gigantic backpack. Which is a souvenir from Camp Crystal Lake, by the way, which I still haven't told you about. Not the point right now. It went into the backpack. The momentum swung me all the way around. Full 360, off my feet, and headfirst into a brick wall. I must have scared that poor man. I don't know what happened after that, because I was on the sidewalk screaming for like 10 minutes. Like, just the whole world was ringing. I thought, I, 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 I'm still not sure I did not dent my skull. And maybe that's where my Camp Crystal Lake hat is gone. Maybe I didn't lose it. Maybe it's just been embedded into my skull so deeply I can't see it anymore. I don't know. But it bled a lot. It was very dramatic because it was a head wound. The poor old guy just left. He just left. Like, he's just like, no, they give me the thing and I'm out of here. I'm screaming on the sidewalk. Nobody helping me. Thanks, Sunnyside. Friendly time. So I went back into Dunkin' Donuts. So I was like, um, excuse me. I'm covering the wound with my hat. Could I get some ice, please? And they said, why? And I said, because I hit my head and I took it off the blood just went I crossed the Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm like, oh my goodness, are you okay? Are you okay? Can we call you an ambulance? And I really wasn't sure yet. I thought I really thought I had done some serious damage, but I just needed to sit for two seconds and hope for the, the rigging would stop. And I'm sitting there with the ice on my head. And I know I'll just sit here at this table in your restaurant where people are trying to eat their breakfast. I'm just going to sit here and moan and scream and bleed. For some reason, I just heard my mother saying, now you know how I felt. Three and a half days in labor, now you know how I felt. Uh, and the thing is, this is bad. This is bad. 
after I sat down at the Dunkin' Donuts, I don't know what happened. The next thing I know, I woke up and I'm home. In bed. I'm like, I'm, nobody called an ambulance. What happened? Well, I went back to find out and also looked for my hat. And they said, we called the ambulance and you just left. You just walked out. I just wandered out of that. <laughs> wandered out of the Dunkin' Donuts. It was wandering around Sunnyside for God knows how long. I did, with a concussion. And yet I'm still here right now doing a podcast because I am awesome. So if I suddenly just stop talking and the show keeps going, that's why. I've just died. I've expired. I'm done. But I'm not going to die before I bring on the goddamn horror queers or horror queers, whatever you call them. If you're not listening to this show, please do. They're so smart, so funny, and just unexpected. Unexpected. You know, I've been catching up on their show. I was listening to their episode they did in November on the movie Jawbreaker. While I was puttering around the house... You know, doing housework and stuff. And I let my attention slip away from the show for one minute. For one minute they were talking about, you know, Rose McGowan being mad about something that happened on the set of Can't Hardly Wait. And how Kate Winslet was supposed to be one of the four girls. And I just kind of zoned out for a minute. And the next thing I know, Trace is happily volunteering to commit a federal crime by smuggling poppers into Joe in Canada. Because they're legal in Canada. I said, well, I got, hold on, I got to rewind. What did I miss? And you might notice there's been a little theme. I expect a theme in some of these last everyday's Halloween episodes. No, I'm not saying that Joe and Trace's sudden interest in amyl nitrates has anything to do with Mike Johnson or Kyle Getz from the Gays Podcast. I don't I'm not saying it has anything to do with them. I am sure they were not responsible for their for these boys' sudden obsession with inhaled stimulants. No, it is not the gayest boy's fault. It's just Kyle's fault. It's totally Kyle's influence. I totally get it. He's a cutie bear. But why are you taking Popper's advice from him? His butthole doesn't open. Anyway, are we talking about the gayest boys? No, we're talking about the horror queers, and we're bringing them on, and we're going to talk about the horror movie, about a horror movie in a horror movie with demons. Be sure to bring the kids and meet Tony the Pimp in a three-day after Christmas meet and greet. I got nothing. And you know what? I also just realized, I realized that during fundraiser time at Scream Queens, it's like, all rules go out the window little by little as society collapses under the weight of its own insanity. But I realize I haven't been introducing myself in this show in I don't know how long. So I'm going on, you know, oh, for those of you who don't know what's going on about the, you know, every day is Halloween fundraiser, the most like, we don't know who the fuck you are, man. Okay, I'm sorry. Please, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and normally every month, twice a month, I am your guide to the weird and wonderful worlds of horror movies. Since I force you to see those movies through my very, very gay little eyes. Soak it up, bitches. Lick it up. Lick it up. Well, we're not doing that now. No, because for the past, as part of this everyday's Halloween fundraiser, four new alternatives, which I just already explained, and Smoochie is going bananas in the next room. Please hold while I deal with my psychopathic cat. Or maybe it's not Smoochie anymore. Maybe she found a little steel cat mask in the other room and put it on and now she's become a demon! Oh no! So everybody quick, pack your bags, get on the train, we're going to Berlin! You're taking the Paris train, you'll emerge in London rain, but don't worry, don't worry. Run to the movie theater, wear your worst Euro trash outfits, find a lesbian to cut glass with, and get ready to fight off some demons! The preview you are about to watch is for a movie that is unlike any you have ever seen before. It is for a movie that goes beyond temporary fear to everlasting terror. It is a movie called Demons. 
Yes, the demons are coming. And they're coming for you. Warning. If you have the courage to see demons, sit near an exit. Otherwise, you might never get out. In your theater, who will survive the touch of the demons? And who will not? Demons. With music by Billy Idol, Motley Crue, The Adventures, Rick Springfield, and Saxon. This is no dream. This is happening right now. And it could be happening to you. Demons. They will make cemeteries their cathedrals. And the cities will be your tombs. Will you survive it? Demons. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Metropole Theater. Please silence your devices and be aware that smoking is prohibited. However, feel free to get fingered by a stranger in our balcony. Please look, take a moment to locate the exit nearest to you, even though it's bricked up and completely useless. So please sit back, relax, kiss your ass goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, oh boy, we have got a doozy of a show here today because we are talking about Dario Argento's Demons. And you know what? It's really no fun to go to the world premiere of a movie and you don't even know what it is. It's no fun to do that by yourself, right? So I have invited with me, well, one of my favorite new podcasts that I've stumbled across this past year. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, please put your hands together for Joe Lipset and Trace Thurman, the Horror Queen. Hey, that's an enthusiastic entrance. Well done, boys. Hey, wait, that's us. It is us. It is you guys. Welcome to Scream Queens. What a thrill to have you here. Thank you for inviting us. We're thrilled to be here. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. No, uh, your, your show is so damn smart and catty at the same time. It's like the combination of my two favorite things. Yes, I'm smart and Trace is catty. Yeah, I'll take that. I will. And there you go. And there you go, kids. Well, for those of you who are not familiar with horror queers, why don't you boys please explain to the listeners what goes on over there? Joe, do you want to take this? Yeah, sure. Okay, so the show, like a lot of queer horror shows, dissects a single film in each episode. They come out weekly on Wednesdays, and we try to consider the queer elements in the film, or if there isn't an obvious one, uh, then we become the queer elements, and sometimes we just read the film to filth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we got our start um, writing articles. We, Joe and I have never met before. He lives in Canada. Um, but we got our start writing articles uh, for Bloody, and then we kind of turned it into a podcast mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year. And it's kind of – and we still write our articles, but we also – you know, those are monthly, whereas our podcast is weekly. So it's a lot of work. It's good. Right. Though. Which one of you wrote the article about not enough dick in gay horror movies? Oh, that was me. Yeah, I think that was Joe. Yes, yes. That, and, oh, by the way, listeners, don't get attached to Trace – I don't know how much longer he's going to be around because he keeps baiting movie serial killers to come after him. Uh, or at least vengeful trolls. Ooh. Oh, God. Yeah. He's got both ghost, ghost face and the fisherman after him. Yes. No one. No one. <laughs> I, and you know what's really fucked up? I'm a very nice person. But people... <laughs> I, I just... That's yeah. what the first victim always says. So, yes. <laughs> he only In, slept with 30 different people. Oh, shit. No. Okay, I'm sorry. But nicely. But nicely. 
it's yeah I I I I have lost Scream fans trust and the uh, Muse Watson who plays the fisherman and I know you did last summer he is not a fan of me so <laughs> I just piss everyone off left and right. Ladies and gentlemen, please meet Trace Flop. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what Ghostface called him online. Uh, okay, you yes. know what? Fuck it. I'm sorry. No, it, 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 season three of Scream is bad. That's it. It is it's legitimately mm-hmm. terrible. Well, I'm sure we all know that by now since it's October. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> no, that's okay. It no. is October. One of the things I love about your show, and I was just telling Joe of this, uh, Joe about this before you came, is that you have this wonderful, poised, NPR sense of, of deportment and intelligence to you and then all of a sudden the claws come out when something like scream whatever the tv series was called comes out and it's just so delicious to see the dichotomy of you two i love it thank you uh yeah that's i i yeah thank you (laughs) i don't know what to say to that and i learn things from you guys which i always appreciate because i'm sorry i'm an old queen i've been doing this forever i think i know everything about everything but you guys occasionally get me to see something in a different light and i'm like huh oh that's lovely that's, huh. yeah, that's I had to stab them bad. to death someday. How dare you change my mind? <laughs> <laughs> How rude of you. Okay, so the movie that we were talking about is Dario Argento's Demons. And oh boy, oh boy, I have so many stories about this movie, but we'll get into that at the time now. Wait, Joe can has I never stop, seen it before. Can I stop you, though? I was going to say, it's Trace Lam- is going to have can to you? Can anyone stop me? Can anyone <laughs> stop me? <laughs> it's it's Lamberto Bava's Demons. I'm aware of that, but mom, on my on my DVD it says Dario Argento's Demons. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> okay, okay. Wow, it's one of those producing they situations. Like, yeah, co-opted that. Cut out the actual director. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, um, who put that? Who put the DVD out? Is it? Uh... Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> now, that I just, now that I just put it away, goddamn. Of course, yes. No, it's yeah. it's fine. It's really old, so I don't even know. Anyway, yeah. boy, this is this is fascinating audio. So yeah, so Joe had never seen this before. This is a longtime favorite of mine for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. I just love it. As I was saying to Joe, it's such a like a quiet, demure, understated kind of horror. Oh, 100 percent. Like everything's just kind of happening in the background. You can completely miss it. No, 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 no. And also, it's got a cast of fifty thousand people in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an auditorium full of people, so you got to get rid of them somehow. That's true. That's true. That's true. So um, since we have a little tradition here at Scream Queens, I like to play a game mm-hmm. when I have guests on. We like games. And uh, I think I'm going to make Joe do it. <laughs> I know what the game is. God damn it. That's fine. That's I fine. usually never have to play the game. <laughs> it's, it's one you should be good at. Oh, okay. Okay, Joe. Yes. I need you to give me a nice, tight, 30-second plot summary of the movie Demons. The clock starts now. Okay, uh, so this film concerns a pair of friends who skip class so that they can go to an exclusive movie premiere after a woman is hounded on the subway. They meet a bunch of strangers that they don't know, watch a really shitty looking film, and then one sex worker gets infected, she turns into a demon, she promptly infects a bunch of other people, they discover they can't get out of the theater. Eh, time is up. <laughs> Time is up. Time is up. I should have said elevator pitch. That elevator pitch to the producer. Okay. <laughs> you could have just said a bunch of people in an auditorium become demons and they have to get out. Boom. Done. And there's a helicopter. This is true, but I like to go into details. I mean, we uh-huh. didn't talk about the guy on the motorcycle with the sword. We didn't talk about <laughs> coke off of a punk okay, rock listeners, Mommy and daddy are fighting right now. They're not <laughs> mad at you. They just secretly hate each other. We do. Okay. Secretly? <laughs> Please, it's for the children. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. We so stick yes, together um, for them. 
right off the bat, I'm going to have to ask a question. Okay. Okay, we have um, the main, there is sort of a main <laughs> cast. We've got, a, oh gosh, I'm on the wrong page of my notes. I'm fired. <laughs> uh, it's not like I don't have 50 pages of notes for all the movies I'm doing this week, but am I complaining? No, not at all. We have, that's the blob, sure. wrong movie. Uh, we have Cheryl and Kathy. Mm-hmm. Right? Kathy. Uh, how many bets that Kathy's secretly in love with Cheryl? Anyone? Mm, it's uh, tricky. I get a weird asexual vibe from Cheryl, so... Because she she turns down every single romantic turn that What's-His-Face throws at her. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. but She Kathy, doesn't want to skip class, but Cheryl wants to skip class. And she doesn't want to does. see a horror movie, but Cheryl wants to see a horror movie. I think she's secretly in love with Cheryl. And that is yeah. your LGBT twist for this movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, Joe, I'm surprised you're not more on board with this. You're usually the one that comes up with these. Oh, no. I'm 100% on board with it. Uh, I think my, my big thing is that nobody else has any chemistry so <laughs> my like my radar was very badly thrown off by this film <laughs> now is that the actor's fault or is it the dubbing's fault oh lord i think it's the dubbing that always adds a certain kind of detachment mm-hmm. 100 even though yeah. the dubbing in this is quite good you could tell that the actors were mostly working in english mm-hmm. and that got dubbed later but that's neither here nor there so yeah what i love about this movie is that even before anything happens everybody feels creepy Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everybody you meet in that theater feels really goddamn creepy. That blind dude and that girl, what's going on with them? <laughs> I don't. Is it his daughter? It's meant to be his daughter. Yes. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just like, I mean, I thought it was just like a hired help. Oh, like an escort? Right, right. His interpreter at the movies. Yeah, the no, that, yes, that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, this and is back in the time before, you know, these theaters had this ultra sophisticated sound system where you could actually plug in if you were a blind person. So. True. Back then you just had Liz version 1.0. Uh, but you know what they do have? They have the Dolby system, which is credited in this movie <laughs> via one of the characters. They do have the Dolby system. <laughs> or do they? They don't. They keep the referencing it. It might not be the Dolby system after all. We don't know. So what's going on here? So all these people are invited to a world premiere or a sneak preview. Of some movie they don't know the title at the Metropole no. Theater, what and no I one caught... ever says the title either. There's no, no screen there's, title. There's no for title it. card. Nothing. Nothing. I think all those people in the movie are dead. I think all that really happened. But um, <gasps> yes, it's what a purgatory I think... situation. Uh huh. And who made that movie? Who made it? Who are those people? But <laughs> what I think is cool noticing this time, like you're seeing the uh, the architecture of Berlin during the opening credits, you know, because you have Cheryl on the subway and it's the cool music and stuff. And when you first see the Metropole, it's on this block. It's all new architecture, neon, neon, neon. And then this big, gigantic, dark, gothic monstrosity that doesn't belong there. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's a great sense of unease right from the beginning. It's very imposing. Uh-huh. And I was trying to be all smart. And I'm like, she's holding a copy of... She's got Bertuck's uh, Microcosmos sheet music oh, in her hand that's prominently featured. See, I was paying, att- I was paying attention to the uh, the score because it samples uh, Pierre Gintz in the Hall of the Mountain King, and I was very happy with that because I yeah. love that piece of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the score in this movie, and even the uh, the music that they chose for it, the rock music, for the mm-hmm. most part, is dead on. Yeah. We'll get into some when it's not, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely have my favorite like musical moment of the film that's paired with what's happening on screen, and we'll get to that yes. later. And I, okay, that, that'll, be a, that'll be our exit comment. <laughs> Everybody pick your favorite musical moment. So we're meeting all these random people at the movie theater, and uh, I, I had the pleasure of meeting, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce her name, Jaretta Jaretta. Sure. Who played Rosemary, oh, the one who puts the mask on. Yeah. She came to a screening of it at the Rock Bar a mm-hmm. few months ago. Lovely woman, hasn't aged. Really? Of course. Mm-hmm. Why of and, course, Trace? 
No and reason. What, something that Joe was saying before, like he was saying there's a lot of negative commentary about this movie because this, this, the plot doesn't make sense. Okay, no, 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 no. And lack no. of character. <laughs> I, it's so interesting to me because so this movie's a five out of five for me. Like I adore this movie, um, but I don't like Italian horror cinema. Like it's not one of one thing I gravitate towards. But me this movie, either. Yeah, and but this movie is very straightforward in what it's trying to do. There's no meandering narratives, like no weird subplots that don't matter. It's just people, demons, carnage, nothing else. And it wastes no time. Not yeah, at all. Really gets into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because pretty much the movie has started, and the movie actually, I think the movie looks great. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. That poor girl got stabbed for like 75 minutes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bloody of a movie. She's my favorite. <laughs> They're on their anniversary date, that poor couple. <laughs> oh, my God, that woman. Thank goodness she had her shoulder to crown, though. Her husband's a dick to her. He's like, shut up. What more do you want? I brought you to the movies. <laughs> Oh, I was talking about the young couple. You guys are talking about the old couple, right? Oh, the one that I keep thinking is a sailor, but he's not. <laughs> is it just the curly hair or the fact that he looks like an extra from Knife Plus Heart? It's the fact that he's wearing white and he's got a blue sweater tied around his neck. It just makes me think of Mr. Salty. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not talking about Trace right now. I'm talking about the actual product, Mr. Salty. Oh, no. I, <laughs> <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> And click, and there he's gone. So there we yeah. go. Um, no, I I, actually, I like. Uh, what was I going to say? Like the the plot doesn't make sense. I think it does because I cannot. I'm not a big fan of Italian horror either. I've learned to appreciate most of Argento. Right. But Bava, uh, uh-uh. uh, not at all. It's just gross. I don't. And while this movie's gross, I mean, it actually, it's, like you said, it's a pretty straightforward plot. I mean, granted, they never spell out what exactly is going on. No, and I think that's the sticking point for a lot of people. It's that, oh, we don't know these characters, and we don't know why this is happening, and who was that man with the mask, and blah, blah, blah. But I believe historically, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what I was reading about this, though, was because after the success of like the zombie genre, especially with Dawn of the Dead, because Argento did work... um, have something to do with Dawn of the Dead, um, you know, the Italians, you know, they broke into their zombie, like, actual movie, the zombie franchise, which was mm-hmm. basically the Italian sequels of Dawn of the Dead. And so this was kind of, like, a reaction to that, and but they just differentiated it by saying, oh, it's demons instead, and instead of wanting to eat you, they want to possess you, but it's basically the same concept. Pretty much. Pretty much. A lot faster, though. Yeah. Yes. Well, and the thing, like, yeah, so there's no... We don't know why this is happening. Like, honestly, I remember the first time I saw this and when at the end when they walk out and it's revealed that, oh, it's happening everywhere, not just in this movie theater. Yeah. I was very... It's a nice twist. It is. But that's kind of how I view it. It's like, oh, like, we're just seeing kind of like the start of the zombie outbreak. Like, that's what we're seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, clearly, they're... The the pieces are there for you to figure it out on your own that, you know, there's that guy with the mask Mm -hmm. that's actually giving out the tickets. Clearly, this is something that he had something to do with it. And this was all set up to happen. Right. I mean, that because what happens is life starts imitating art. What's happening in the movie starts happening in the theater because there's a prop from a movie theater in the theater. Can we can you tell the folks about that, please? About the prop? Yeah, that's in the movie theater. Yeah, it's just this like silver demon mask that Rosemary, the sex worker, uh, puts on and it scratches her face. And basically, when they go into the movie, they 
see it's it's another it's a horror movie with these four kids that go into an uh, ar- archaeological dig site and they open a chest and boom the mask is in there one of them gets scratched and becomes a demon and then before you know it the same thing happens to Rosemary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's all been predicted by Nostradamus <laughs> yeah which I tried to do some research on him and it was too long so I stopped but is he's a prophet of some sort he like predicts the future oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah famous 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 prophet yeah this is one of the things I love about the two like the movie dialogue is great. <laughs> hey, don't put that mask on. If everyone who wears the mask becomes a demon. How do you know? Because this book says anyone who wears the mask becomes a demon. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's some choice lines of dialogue in this movie. Mostly oh, delivered some, yeah. by, is it Tony the Pimp? Tony the Pimp, yes. Tony the Sex Worker, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. The Sex Middle Management Man, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually very disappointed that he died so early. On my first time watch, I was like, okay, this guy is a great character. He's going to be like the third last to die. Smash everything, so smash everything, smash everything. That's my favorite part. <laughs> well, and in case you don't know, Joe, he does return for Demons 2, but as a different character. He sure I does. I saw that. And I just found research. this out today, that Demons 2 in Italy came out before Demons one and what? Demons One is the sequel yes. to Demons Two over there. I, I did think not know it, that. I think it would still work because if you look at them as like one reacts to the other, you know, one happens in an apartment building, one happens in a movie yeah. theater. If Although the other in the one second one, they were saying that, that it, this already happened yeah. and we won. Yeah, yeah, there's the whole section of the city you can't go to because it's Demon Town. But anyway, we're not talking about the movie. We're talking about this movie. Yeah, so (laughs) what I love about this, too, is that that prop is set out in the lobby of this movie theater on this motorcycle with a sword, which we never really figure how that works in the movie theater, in the movie, but that doesn't matter. We didn't get to the final reel. But it's just set up because you know it's not behind glass. It's not behind a fence. No one's guarding it. Nobody's protecting it that some asshole is going to put it on. Yeah. (laughs) Because somebody will. It probably would have been me. I actually thought that the kind of elfin dressed woman or like Santa's helper kind of uh, ticket taker lady. I thought that she was was in on it, right? Oh, my God. She's that's what everybody. Okay, I always think that when I first saw this movie. Okay, sidebar. Okay, fireside chat. Way, 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 way back in high school. It was probably 1987. I had just started doing theater. It was like my first theater party. I wasn't born yet. Click. So so anyway, (laughs) was an amoeba and you were watching this movie. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was, so we were, it rained at the pool party and I just happened to have movies with me and one was Say Anything and the other one was this and everyone had already seen that and they said, well, put this on. I hadn't watched it yet. <laughs> I traumatized the entire junior and senior class yes. <laughs> of my this high school. That's how we make but, horror lovers. <laughs> but no. we, they still referenced it to this day. They'd be like, it's just a scratch, Patrick. I'm fine. Or <laughs> the girl who had the party who was freaking out the hardest was named Marjorie. Uh-huh. And there's that scene in the movie within the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the girl in the tent before she gets stabbed. She's like, Marjorie, Marjorie. That girl <laughs> Marjorie. lost her fucking mind. So it's just a, it's a whole magical experience for me. Well, wait, so I have a question. So I know all of us are seasoned horror vets, but like whenever y'all first saw this, did y'all find it? Well, Joe, you just saw it for the first time, but did y'all find it scary? Because I, I have to admit, I never found this movie scary. No, it's just gross. Yeah, yeah. very much so. Uh, it's gross and has it, it, moments of intensity more than yes. scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a couple of really evo- like visually evocative shots, and there's a couple oh, of sequences yeah. where you know, like people are crawling through air ducts, people are cross- crawling on the movie floor. But I, I feel like if you've seen horror films, like somebody's arm shooting out and grabbing them is not going to scare you. Well, I do think that Rosemary's face is actually quite like scary at times, but it's coupled it's coupled with the the visual of her like lumbering through the halls like a little like a child's boogeyman, and it's just really yeah. funny. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. There is that. There is a lot of that. Um, there are some scenes, too, where the extras are totally going for Academy Awards. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Like when they find it, like so in serious. that room that's no exit, and they all just freak the fuck out. I'm like, okay, everybody calm down. Calm oh, down. <laughs> actually, that was the part that scared me the most was like, how many fingernails got left in that concrete wall when they were trying to scratch their way out? Oh, yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and also, here's my question. Uh, that guy who comes and hook up with Liz next to her, next to her blind Oh, dad, yes, yes, yes. Did she know him in advance? Was that a total random stranger? Is that just, is that just the German Berlin thing that I'm not accustomed to? <laughs> well, I, I, I was not One of the services clear. that a movie theater provides. <laughs> I, I assume, okay, before I knew it was his daughter, I assumed that, again, she's her, his hired interpreter and that it was her boyfriend that she said, hey, I'm going to go to this movie with this blind guy. Come fuck me. Yeah. Yep, yep. Fingering. Get f- straight up fingering right next to her dad. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's the continent. You just don't understand. Okay, oh, very... have you two not been to the movies with your dad and gotten fingered? Got just me? Not fingered, no. Oh, okay. Like, my dad pulls that popcorn with the hole in the bottom trick one more time. My uh, goodness. He's, so, he's a funny guy. He's a gross. Gross. That's gross. <laughs> yeah, and... What I love, like I said before, this movie wastes no time. Like, as soon as Rosemary gets her face cut, it's this explosion of operatic gore for, like, ten minutes. Yes. But then it tapers off. That was the part that surprised me. Again, first time watch. I was like, all right, here we go. It's going to be, you know, 80 minutes of just hardcore gore. There's so many people to get rid of. And instead, there's, like, a weird leg after the initial attack. Um, A really awesome leg with punks that lose their cocaine and have to find it again. Punks that are listening to Go West and what was the other thing? Uh, White oh, Wedding. Oh, yes. no. Oh, and this song by the Adventures that, yeah, yeah, the Adventures. I mean, I had that on 45 back in the day. But that, 45s were small records and records were things we used to listen to music on back in the 80s, Trace, just so you know. Just so you know, okay, I'm 30, but I'm aware of my, <laughs> Hello? where music comes from. It comes from records only. That's it. <laughs> I was going to say, are you really going to try to say that you know music? Because that no, 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 is no. your weakness on 90%. No, no, no. no, no. I, but I, I know about technology. I know what a fucking record is. It's like, like, but did you all see that thing? Uh, well, not recently anymore, but two months ago where like the kid didn't know what... Um, Oh, oh didn't know what a dark room was. And didn't know what a dark room was. for stream. Yes, yeah, exactly. I just like, saw that this morning. These are, these are dark days for the uh-huh. youth of America. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what are you going to do? But anyway, yeah, the, so the punks would never be listening to that movie, that music, because that's what I was listening to at the time. We're like, no, the rest of the soundtrack is exactly what they'd be listening to, not this. But that whole punk scene is weird. It is. Because it's been edited so many times, and like every DVD, every copy I've seen of this movie has a completely different scene of dialogue for them. Yeah, I mean, I do love that one of them is called Hot Dog and one's called Piggy. Yeah, Jeez. so you you could totally cut it from the movie and it wouldn't make any difference, except that it would probably uh-huh. put the movie at under eighty minutes. Ah, uh, yeah. they're very important. I beg to differ. They're the ones that let it out. Oh, that's uh, true. They're the well, ones well, that let the let the infection out of the theater. They go in that the door opens that back door opens for them when they're in the alley, mm-hmm. and the blind guy gets out. See, kids, this is why back doors, dangerous territories. Always cover your back doors. Like, I just covered the Blob remake, and that was that part where they parked that van on top of the manhole to keep the kids from escaping. I'm like, Mm -hmm. never, ever, ever block up my manhole like Uh, that. That is not okay. Either get in or get out. So you gave us the choice (laughs) when giving us episodes to do the Blob or this, and Joe's never seen either one of those movies, and I love them both, but I was very surprised he didn't pick the Blob. But no, I just no. covered that. I just covered that last night. So yeah, it's a great movie. It's a, fun, it's a solid little movie. We're not talking about that movie. Uh, 
Trace, but, can you please stay on topic? The, we have to. I know. The thing I, is, the transformation of the demons that you initially get to see, like, hit all of my nerves for things that set my teeth on edge. Pus? Nails and teeth. Mm. Anything with nails great. coming 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 loose or teeth coming out, I'm vomiting. And you get nice, tight, loving Italian close-ups of it. They just mm. love the close-ups of the goo. Mm. And the thing that's weird is that the special effects technically aren't great, but they're uh, gross. I would disagree. I, I think the, I think the effects are actually quite good. Um, but I, maybe it's the pus I'm thinking of because pus is something I just ugh, I can't do. It. There's plenty of that too. Mm-hmm. Several colors. Yeah, but it's just that, that, that when you see like close-ups of heads doing something that heads can't do, you, it's clearly a puppet head. And I yeah. think actually that's okay because it probably if it looked much more realistic, I would not be able to handle this movie. <laughs> Fair. I think the scalping scene was my favorite because there's just the right amount of artificiality in that. But then you're also like, ooh, look at her hair come off the scalp line. It's visceral because we all know what that feels like. I mean, I used to know what that feels like. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I'm I'm with you, though, Patrick. The the teeth coming out, I think, is a really good effect. But it's the next shot whenever her tongue starts, like, coming out. That's when it switches to a puppet head. Yes. Yes, so it's that kind of stuff. But still, it's all in such, such loving close-up and so covered in goo and puffs and such a revolting idea. Yes. That is great. But the gorse shots himself, like that part where Frank, the guy, the married guy on the anniversary date, gets his throat ripped in half from both sides. <laughs> oh, yeah. It just stretches, it just stretches like taffy. It's just revolting. It's great. And then what? When, uh, the... And I mean that in the best way. That's a compliment. Because <laughs> yeah. he's such an asshole, too. That you're like, yes. <laughs> How does his wife die? Do, do we see her die at any point? Uh, she gets she gets killed in that stampede when they break through the barricade. Oh, gotcha. Right. Yeah. The lame is moment. It was underwhelming, all things considered. But there's a couple of people who get really bad deaths and don't quite deserve it. So... Well, yeah. I was really confused when the girl who was hiding in, the, in between the seats at the bottom, when the zombie... Hannah. Yes, Hannah, which I think is Argento's daughter um, in oh, real life. Oh, very possibly. He's got a, several of them. The one who gets puked on constantly <laughs> yes, throughout the movie. I, that <laughs> She's puked was on not... like seven times. Whoa. That was great. <laughs> That's a very like drag me to hell kind of multiple vomit. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> but her dress cleans itself. So, I mean, I, whatever, whatever fabric they have over there is fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. No, no continuity over there. Yeah. No. Script supervisor, that's what they're called. I mean, this would be a very difficult set to wrangle. I imagine I imagine that they had actual actors and then they probably just had a huge group of extras that they were yeah. trying to corral and be like, please don't run in this direction. We're trying it to get you to go the like, other way. Yeah, at some points, yeah. And at some points, you could just how it tracks, because some people you can track through several scenes in the movie, I'm going, you got, you're a stunt person. Because mm-hmm. you die spectacularly later. And something that only a stunt person would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that girl, the woman who gets pulled out of the um, the camera went, you know, the, the projection window and she gets slammed on her back. I'm like, that was a stunt woman. I've seen her in four other scenes. Yeah, <laughs> they could only afford the amount of people in the theater keeps changing gender. too. the amount of the, the amount of people in the theater keeps changing too, And I don't care. I don't it's care. No, the place yeah, is I, enormous. The geography of it doesn't make any sense. But that yeah. all works. Yeah. Why can't they just leave? Um, mm. Don't they try <laughs> to go and like like but there's like. All of a sudden, there's walls behind the doors, like blocking yes. them in. I'm asking for the listeners who don't know the movie. I'm like, why don't they just leave the theater? What's oh, the big deal. Just get oh, out. We're telling people. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, they, they make it to the doors and they try to open the doors, and all of a sudden, there's a wall there for no discernible reason. 
Yeah, uh-huh. yes. It's another uh-huh. point of contention for the plot purists. Where did no. those walls come from? Did the guy but, in the silver mask set them up? You're like, Jesus, so you're just okay go with, with the demon, the people <laughs> transforming into demons, but you have a problem with a wall appearing yeah. magically? Well, yeah. no, because they also because there's comments about the building from um, the the douchebag guy and his wife. And they're like, oh, I, I didn't even know this building was here. Like, it seems like the building just appeared out of nowhere. So it's a yeah. magic building. Yeah. Which and I think the guy says it's not, it's not the movie. It's the theater. <laughs> right. The theater is cursed. Yeah. But I think it lends weight to the idea that that's why the building also visually stands out from the rest of the, you know, bright lights, big city, Berlin skyline. So. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I just want to take a moment. Can we talk about Cheryl for a minute? Our main girl? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you mean wet blanket Cheryl? Like Kathy is like the her. I no, like her. I, mean, I think I think in a movie better. like this, you need a bit of a wet blanket. Well, because there's yeah. just so much there's so much craziness to have someone who's just a little bit. We run deserved. into this problem a lot, where we always like cover films and we discover that the protagonist is quite often the least interesting character in the film. Yeah. And I would say that about both Cheryl and George until George gets on that motorcycle, then he's fine. Yeah. The crotch oh, mm-hmm. rocket. And his, and his shirt comes, starts coming off. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anytime you put a guy onto a crotch rocket, you're going to have a good time. So, uh-huh. Especially when it's weaponized. Uh, his, whoever did his dubbing is also acting for the stars in certain points, which is fantastic. Oh, yeah, he is. He really <laughs> he is. He's screaming into that microphone. Uh, one of the quotes that popped out for me, which is right at the beginning of the movie within the movie, was, The sleep of reason gives birth to the rise of monsters. And I said, Trump 2020. <laughs> oh, Here's a quote for our time. It makes much more sense than the other quote. Well, a lot of the quotes in this movie don't make a lot of sense, but that's part they of its charm. They will make cemeteries, their cathedrals, and tombs, your cities, and pink berries, your refrigerators. <laughs> <laughs> Is it all about giving those, those them a little bit more gravity? Because I think they realize this is a this is a bit of a dumb monster movie, so they're trying to goose it up and be like, "No, it's classy. It's a classy dumb movie." Well, the marketing was for sure. Because yeah, that the cathedral quote I think was the tagline for the poster. Yeah, yeah, one of them. No, I think I think it is. It sounds great, but if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense. But then again, neither does Nostradamus, so it's all good. It's all open go. to interpretation. But I do like the fact that it does carry some weight to it. Like it's not. It, it never it feels apocalyptic even when you don't know it's spreading. Yes, because there's a yeah. whole thing that this was foretold and it was Nostradamus and this whole weird thing is happening in the movie within the movie and they're blaming the movie. Mm-hmm. But it also feels like there's a and big they stop the movie and it doesn't right? stop anything. It's just bad. It's all bad. It's a terrible situation. I like how it feels like there's a big conspiracy at play. Like it's they're dealing with powers that are either otherworldly and they can't control them or that there's some larger force that's keeping them trapped in the theater that's exposed them to this contagious thing. Uh, it, it has a very grand scope, despite the fact that it's really just a film set in a movie theater. And I also like that they one up zombies and that scratches take you out, too. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I OK. This is going to be blasphemous. I would watch this movie over any of Romero's dead movies any day of the week. Now, do I necessarily think it's better? Not really. But for pure fun, yeah. this is this takes the cake for me. Well, you have a tendency to focus on the entertainment factor as opposed to the, the perceived good, bad quality of films. Mm. 
Yeah. You say that like it's a bad thing. I was going to say, that's Dawn not fucking of the bad. Dead, Dawn of the Dead is a great film, but yeah. it bores me to tears, and they keep releasing longer and longer versions of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not getting any better. It's just a lot of sitting around waiting for stuff to happen. I get it. It's great. It's revolutionary, but a three-hour version of it? Don't need it. Yeah. I, I, I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that. I don't I find it very entertaining. It's just different yeah. films trying to do different things, right? But I can understand why, having now seen this, why people would look at this and say like, oh, it's just, you know, it's, there's just not much to it. It's not all that good. Like, like I'll admit watching it at home by myself was not a great viewing experience, but I could a hundred percent see why people would enjoy watching this with a huge group of friends or actually seeing it in a movie theater. Like Trace, oh, yeah. I think you saw this with a group of people in a theater, right? Well, not the, my first viewing, my husband actually had the DVD cause he watched it as a kid. And so he made me watch it when we first started dating. Um, so I was probably drunk when I watched it. And that'll also help, yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, the, mm-hmm. I, I did get to see it in a theater, which again, how meta is that? You know, seeing this movie in a theater, watching yeah. people watch a movie in a theater. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I actually had to tell you ex- my Scream 2 story then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I went to Scream 2, I got invited to a, a, the New York premiere of it, and they set up a party atmosphere like there was a band beforehand, and they were giving out <gasps> the masks. Snacks. And the knives. Nice. And so everybody was revved up and partying. And when that scene happens with Jada Pinkett, we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. What did you just do to us? You totally revved us up. You gave us all the goddamn props. And now we're totally implicit in everything that happened. It could be happening right now. Nice. That's fantastic. I would. It was oh, great. God, I've been trying to get the Alamo Draft House down here to show Scream 2 for literal years and they won't do it. Uh uh, Maybe you should get them to do demons and then do it as a double bill. And you can they already like, hey, did demons. So <laughs> okay. That's where yeah. I saw it on the big screen. <laughs> well, they could do it again. If they did it once, they could do it again. They're fighting again, kids. <laughs> I mean, no, no, they showed Anaconda on, like two years in a row. I mean, baby, but I mean, no, like, I'm not complaining, but yeah. Well, you really need a big screen to appreciate Jennifer Lopez. Never mind. Oh wow, her <laughs> anaconda, her anaconda butt, her butt, her talent, her talent, her talent, her talent. Okay, so I John Boyd's thighs. I didn't realize that Scream Two was referencing this film with the Jada Pinkett scene, though. So that was really fun. Like mm-hmm. that moment was like definitely what? a laugh out loud, cackly gasp oh. kind of thing. When the when you, are you talking about when the other sex worker is dying behind the screen? Yes, and then yeah. she rips through it, and everybody's like, "Ooh, shit!" Damn. Yeah. That whole sequence is one of the points where, like, the cinematography is great. Like, she's running, running down that hallway with the billowy curtains, which are always great. Mm-hmm. And oh, she's just yeah. lost in this maze of curtains. And I'm like, "Ugh." It was like, was uh, saying, "We need more curtains. Can someone <laughs> run over to the Suspiria set and just grab a couple?" For someone us? get over to Fabric Bonanza's step, <laughs> motherfucker, right now. Get Tony. Get Tony. Tony, do it. He knows what we need. I get uh, them lush. Man. We need them red and lush. Uh, and yeah. fans blowing them everywhere. No, I was just talking. I had um, uh, I covered the movie The Fan for this uh, potathon with mm-hmm. uh, Lauren McCall, and I had well, the folks from uh, Musicals Taught Me Everything that podcast. Uh, <laughs> At first, I thought you meant you recorded it with Lauren McCall, and I was like, "Wait, she's dead." Okay, but also <laughs> amazing. But that would have been really cool. Hasn't aged at all. Um, and what was I going to say? But I was saying like a theater is a terrifying place. Yes, particularly like an empty when theater, and even backstage, it's dangerous as hell. I can only yeah. imagine movie theaters like this. I mean, maybe the multiplex is not so much, but these oldie timey ones, forget about it. That thing would be a death trap on a good day. Yes. Yeah. 
There's actually uh, a really good film that reminded me of this uh, that is doing the festival circuit, maybe out on video now. It's called Porno. And it's kind of the same idea where they watch a film. It has mystical properties. They unleash a demon into the theater. Uh, so very similar. But, uh, so it, but it, a pornography demon? It it's is. a succubus. It's a succubus. So it, it basically does I'm sorry, a lot of my wa- excuse, me, excuse me. You're a married man, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Please try to control yourself. I, I will. I will try. Yeah, but let's talk about Tony. We love Tony. 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 The, the pimp has all the best lines. Yes. Hey, cut it, baby. That'll teach you to touch things. Sit here and shut up. That's a bunch of shit, baby. Smash everything! Smash everything! Smash everything! Yeah, I mean, like, it's basically variations on bitch shit. I mean, I think one of his first lines is just "Shut up, you stupid bitch!" Like yeah. for no reason. He's very supportive of the ladies. But you know exactly who he is from one line. Yeah. Well, just what I want to say, like I said, there's 50,000 characters in this, but almost everybody has a really nice scene to establish them, so they're actually easy to keep track of. See, that that was my thought, too. Like, okay, yeah, there's no character development in this movie whatsoever. No, no, no there's no time. It doesn't need it, though, either, because they, they, they throw you these stereotypes that you can infer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and do the I... Development. Do, do I know all their names? No. no. But there's Blind Guy. There's Blind Guy's daughter's slutty, slutty daughter. There's mm-hmm. Lead Girl. There's Lead Girl's lesbian lover. There's mm-hmm. Preppy Guys. Uh, there's... Young uh, couple. There's Married Couple. Yeah, mm-hmm. couple there's Pimp and uh, Two uh, Hoes. Then there's Four Punks. And, mm-hmm. I mean, then there's Extras. A bunch of Extras. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meat. Meat. <laughs> Meat for the grinder. Oh, and of course, the creepy, big, red-haired lady who everyone thinks is in on it. Yeah. Love her. And I always think her part is bigger yes. than it is. There's also a great shot early on of her, like when the movie's first starting. It's just her walking behind the four leads. And they're all staring at the screen with that blank face. Mm-hmm. It's just the, 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 it's, it's a great shot. Just the, and it gives, adds sinisterness to her character, and you're inferring things that may... Not big. I mean, she gets killed, so I mean, whatever she was in on didn't pay off for her. Yeah, I almost wish that she had it just disappeared and maybe like popped up at the end or something. But maybe I mean, that's she, just me trying to find logic. In she her does character. pop up in the end, but as a demon. Yeah, yeah that's not yeah. what I meant. Yeah, I, and the other thing that that kind of separates them from zombies is that they go down pretty easy. They really do. Just they're a easy to of kill. Blows. It's just that there's a lot of them, and they're fucking voracious, and all it takes is one little scratch, and they're all teeth and nails. Well, they're also not very. Um, Oh God! What's like? They don't move very like swiftly. Again, just mm-hmm. like Rosemary, they're just lumbering around, like kind of jumping like boogeymen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do like it when uh, what's his name, Greg, uh, George, uh, George. Thank you, bland, bland hetero lead, George. Um, <laughs> yeah, when he's on his motorcycle at the end, he's just like slicing and dicing through them. There's one, there, one of them randomly jumps and tries to like get him by like jumping over a bunch of the seats and you're just like mm, no you're not very limber when it comes to these no. sorts he's of also actions. driving it over the seats which i yes. didn't understand the physics of that no. which is why i'm sad we didn't get more of demon kathy after she turns mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you know i don't know if you noticed this like she got down on all fours and started doing some demon yoga she was doing some downward facing demon <laughs> yeah she that was some hard back shit. work uh huh, and she births a whole completely fucking demon. That's what happens when lesbians get infected. Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> no, well, no, that that is no offense um, to my lesbian listeners. It's just <laughs> she was rejected by her true love, Cheryl, uh-huh. 
and the demon wasn't having it, so it just left no. her body. That that, that no, was her know, lesbianism incarnate. And had she just gone to Mrs. Buckholz's class, none of this would have happened. Oh my god. That's why you don't skip class, kids. This is don't do drugs, don't class. go to movies. You go and do your stupid music class with your wannabe lesbian lover. I just love that delivery. You, you don't think this is going to be a horror movie, do you? You know I just hate them. And then it's like, it is a horror movie. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to sit here and resent you for the next two hours, but I'm going to hold your hand. Yep. Because mm-hmm. we're lovers, we're lovers. And I don't like the other guy at all, the fourth guy. What is his name? I kept trying to listen for when they said his name, uh, and I, I could not Ken. tell you. Uh, it's Ken. Uh, <laughs> it's like the easiest name. To... I will. I'm because t- no, because I, I when I, I was watching this late last night, and I was like, okay, wait, I'm gonna learn some names here, and I I got George. They said a bunch of times, but I I don't think after the first twenty minutes they say Ken's name. I, or don't. maybe when maybe when he's dying, he's like, Ken! yeah, I got I I caught it when he was dying because because the guy was screaming, Ken, I can't do it, Ken, 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 no, Ken, I can't do it, Ken, I can't yeah. do it, Ken. I'm like, okay, calm down, calm down. Right over my head. With the microphone. I know. I'm just watching. Everything just went into the red. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Joe and Trace are deaf in their ears now, and it's my fault. I'm very sorry. I'm sorry. No. Sorry, that was offensive uh, to my deaf listeners now. I'm sorry. I just got to stop talking, Patrick. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> well, hopefully the deaf listeners have a Liz to help uh, translate for them. No, nah, she's off giving helpful. head in the back. And if they're having a, a, a bad time, I can serve them some Coke. Right. Cocaine in oh a Coke God. can. Apparently 12 ounces of cocaine in one can. Yay, Berlin. <laughs> this movie loves cocaine. And that we get a whole scene devoted to scraping it off of a titty is just, I mean, that's peak 80s, right? There's snow in the valley. Yeah, that's the 80s, man. But was that a fake tit that they scratched up? Like, did they have a prosthetic boob in which to cut? I doubt it. So you think they actually cut her tit? Well, I'm sure no, they I'm did sure it with makeup. It just, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, that was my favorite musical cue. Uh, White Wedding is playing over this scene. Yes, and that, that worked just because of cocaine, and Billy Idol did start as a punk, and you would hear him on alternative stations before he went popular. So that worked, that tracked. The other two, no. Yeah, but, okay. We close our eyes, we never lose again. No, no. You, and neither <laughs> oh, one no. I have to admit if you've ever done cocaine before, but is <laughs> having a bunch of cocaine in a Coca-Cola can, which is a nice touch, is snorting it out of a straw really like, I mean, I feel like you would just get either none of it or a lot of it. I don't know. It would it, be uh, based on my opinions, because yeah, I've done cocaine. I do not like cocaine. <gasps> I do not like who I become on cocaine. Do you become uh, a demon? No, just nervous, twitchy. I'm like, this is not fun. Hyper aware of everything. It's not uh, fun. So you just become um, a person who was in the 80s. Like, Joe, have you ever taken Adderall before? Yeah, and you get lots of great ideas, but they're all really terrible the next day when you look at them after you've written them down. You're like, well, that was a really shit idea. Yeah. And that's how Xanadu happened. Uh, I would 100% believe that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, just covered, uh, I just covered I, I just covered. Can't Stop the Music. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, no, and uh, in one of the documentaries, they said everybody in the industry, everybody in the industry referred to this movie as it was being shot as Can't Stop the Cocaine. Wow. <laughs> and it completely shows Steve Gutenberg is wasted most of the movie. <laughs> I mean, that's him throughout most. It's is it the eighties? Yeah, yeah. That was that was the that was, that was, that, yes. That's that's the whole reason he had a career was the eighties. We were all on cocaine. And we're like that guy's okay. He's cool. <laughs> like I really let's find him, him relatable. Lead. His coke habit. It's so relatable. Let's make him a romantic lead in cocoon because that makes sense. Let's give him a baby. Let's yeah. put him in an Olsen twins movie in the nineties. Wow. No, to, to have to, Steve Gutenberg for you. Uh, I was in an Olsen twins movie. Good lord! <laughs> oh God, what? Are you being serious? Oh yeah, New York Minute. <gasps> oh, 
Lord. Oh, that was a later one. That wasn't even when they yeah. were considered good anymore. No, Word. no, 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 little, little monsters. They're monsters. Oh shit. They're monsters. <laughs> Gauntlet thrown. I'll edit this out later because they've heard this before. Uh, okay, on this movie, something happened that actually happened also on the set of Wicker Man. And I don't mean sacrificing people. What is it? We were shooting a scene on the Brooklyn Bridge. We're all just pedestrians on the Brooklyn Bridge. It was going to be a helicopter shot over us. Mm-hmm. If you've seen the movie, it's when it's going over and you see the sign that says, Welcome to Brooklyn. Forget about it. <laughs> that scene. And it was the summer. So we're, we're all supposed to dress for summer, shorts, tank tops. That bridge was freezing. It was like 50 degrees on the bridge, oh. plus wind. Yeah, it plus was it's a fucking bridge. <laughs> and they showed up in their like floor like minx <laughs> and were just obnoxious to everybody. And they kept telling us, no, you can't, you can't bring coats out there because there's no place to stash them. And, and no, no, you can't have any coats, you can't have any coats because the girls had, the girls wanted the shot done quickly because they mm-hmm. were really pushing everything. But Eugene Levy, who was in the movie, was like, um, you know what? When they brought him his coat, he said, I don't get my coat till the extras get their coats. Look at that. It's because he's Canadian, so he's very Canadian. Oh, 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 he's just a customs dude. It's hot. It's really, oh, it's really hot up here. <laughs> no, Joe likes to squeeze in any mention of who's Canadian in a podcast at any time. Okay. And that was, that was a thumbs up for Canada for that one. And that was a really boring story that has nothing to do with it because nobody got their throat ripped out or anything. The thing yes. is, the gore also tapers off on this after a while. Yeah. And the kills start getting repetitive. But still, there's a nice amount of tension. Like you said, the scene with Tom and Hannah crawling through the air duct. Oh, I love that. And it's really it's funny. Great. <laughs> it's like, it's because it's the nails tapping. Oh, it's behind us. He goes, You go ahead of me. Oh, no, it's in front of us. <laughs> Let's face it, he didn't like her, and he wanted to get rid of her. Uh, uh, no, because he... I don't know, they were making out during the movie. And he spends a good chunk of the time going, Hannah, where are you? Hannah! And I think You she got the tra- keys! You got my keys! I think she was trying to get away from him, because she was staying in those seats when she could hear him yelling for her. She's like, oh, I'm all right, I'm just going to get barfed on again. Just, just keep going, go on without me, I'm good, I'm good. She's I'm like, fine. what's worse, being with him or getting barfed on seven times in quick succession? What I do enjoy that, and this is something that I know people make fun of. Several people have brought this up since I posted that I watched this movie the other night. Like, is that the movie where the helicopter just crashes through the roof of the theater for no reason? Yep. I said, Guys, yes, so yes. like, where did that helicopter come from? And it's why does deus, it just have a Gatlin gun? Like, it doesn't so make a, any sense, guys. It's a Deus de Demonica. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So Deus says Machina, this is a Deus de Demonica. They're I Deus read, de Harmonica. I got nothing. Whatever. But no, no, but it's explained five minutes later. Because it's the guy. The guy in the mask, like, flew it in there, right? Well, no, it's because it's got the, the infection's gotten out. Okay, see, so I I read I didn't I, I read this after the fact, but someone was saying, oh no no, the guy that was wearing the golden the, the metal mask, he flew the helicopter in there. And then actually, like, it's a mistake. There's nobody in the helicopter when it crashes visibly, <laughs> but then when they cut to it later, there's two dead bodies in, in the seas. Oh my god, they couldn't so they afford the stunt devils. They'd already maxed out with their one male and their one female stunt devil. That's from right. Earlier. That's right. That's right. You're right. You're absolutely right. But yes, this this this. this the way they get out is that a helicopter crashes through the ceiling. Okay, yeah, all right, good. Thanks, God. Yep. <laughs> Day six machina. That's very much Great. like, okay, so in our first draft, let's just throw in a helicopter so that they can get out, and we'll revise it when we get to, like, the third or fourth edit. And then they were just like, uh, just call Larry, see if he can get us a helicopter. 
No, no, we're not going to crash it. The helicopter, fine. It's good. No, he's Russian now. That doesn't. I was work. like, yeah, they're Russian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, your helicopter's gonna <laughs> well, be fine. This hey, is an Italian film. We take care of your helicopter. No, we love it. We love it. I'm gonna kiss it. <laughs> well, this, this is, is an Italian film set in Germany for no apparent reason either. That happened a lot with the Italian movies, though. A lot of them were like German cast shot in Germany. Maybe it was cheaper. It must have been. They must have been. Or the cocaine cast. was better. Yes. That's also true. It came oh, in no. cans. Joe, it's, it's like how we always film in Canada all the time because we get a tax break. So maybe they got a, the Italians got a tax break in Germany. Right. And, most, but, most likely. Or, or a cocaine refund when they paid their bills. Exactly. Refunds, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they got the empty oh, cans what's, what's back. The, what's the going exchange rate for cocaine these days? Like cocaine to dollars? <laughs> what's that? Anyway. Um, yes, there's this great climactic battle on the roof and they defeat the man in the, in the mask who shows up the final battle in a really gross, disgusting way. Who I do want to say, and this is like only because so we covered a movie called um, Della Morte, Della More, or Cemetery Man in the States. Cemetery Man. But it's Michelle Suave. That's who plays the man in the mask. Oh, okay. So the director of that movie is that man. Oh. It's because know. he's got such a good relationship with Argento. Yeah. And he's got cheekbones for days. He does. Mm. Yeah, and he Cheekbones that right you can ram head. spikes through. Yeah. <laughs> and that, tight close-up. That is what happens. <laughs> That it is what good. happens. What I love to it is this has been like an entire like this movie. It, it has its pauses, but for the most part, by the end of it, you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like it has been an epic battle for these two people to get to the roof, and you're finally through it, and you finally breathe. Thank God it's over. Exactly. And then they look at the next building. You know, they go into the fire escape to go down, and then they realize, oh, it's everywhere. And this <laughs> is my favorite musical cue. Everybody else, you're gonna see the whole place jumping. It's a great guitar riff. <laughs> when you see the demons all through the apartment building, and then it's everywhere now. Yep. You're like, oh shit, this movie's never gonna end. But then it's okay because <laughs> because it does. <laughs> it's okay because it does. But no, but first. <laughs> well, we've got those the super, lovely survivalists. You get the, su- the super Aryan family shows up. <laughs> it's the Aryan survivalist family who look like they came in from the country to what pick up a few city folk. They yeah. totally came in from a completely different movie. Yeah, no, they <laughs> like, totally did. We were spelling the, the Swiss Family Robinson remake next door, and we came by because demons. Oh, God. <laughs> they were the ones who were actually dropping off the curtains uh, that they were running through in the theater earlier. They were like, hi, we went to Fabricland, we brought in these curtains, and then we saw that there was something happening. No, no, my others. demons. <laughs> door break up. Why is door break up? <laughs> this is 100% a Russian home. film now. Yeah. I don't care. I'm stuck on one accent. Do me. That's okay. Do me is what I just said. I just said do me, and that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> buy, buy a lady a drink. Another, there's a great chase to the streets, and then, you know, but it turns out, yeah, I love the credits start rolling, and it ain't over. Well, they start rolling. Because <laughs> yeah. we, don't, we don't have a final girl after all. Well, because it's... Uh, it, Unless George is gay. Unless George is also gay. And then he's their final girl. (laughs) He's like, he realizes I look great in this outfit on this motorcycle. Maybe I should be gay from now on. (laughs) I'm going to go to the country, start over, and be gay. It's a real mean ending for this movie, though, like to do that to her. It really is. It's a mean ending, but it's a good one. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. I think it is. Mm -hmm. As, as as, As a demon apocalypse movie should be. Right. I like this. I mean, there's things I like about the sequel. I don't remember, but much I like this it. one better. Yeah, I mean, what, I thought, what I confused like, me? Sorry, you go. You're no, good. I was just saying, I, I, I like I like the setting of it. I just don't remember much of it except for you know Tony the pimp, pimp being in it, but that's it. Yes, yes, he he manages the gym in the apartment building now, but it's taking place at a birthday party for a girl named Angela, and it <laughs> came out like two months 
after Night of the Demons did. Oh. And I'm like, is this just an Italian version of Night of the Demons? Is that? But no, it's, it's just complete coincidence. Is there a part where the demons come out of a TV? Is that a thing? That's how they yes. start. Yeah. Okay. They, they, yeah, there's no movies. To, they come out of Angela's TV. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Which it I did expect. I, just don't find it. I did think that's what was going to happen in this. I thought that the characters from the screen were actually going to come out sort of, uh, uh, shit, what's that? Like reverse, reverse final, final girl style? Yeah. Sure, we just you guys went we said the exact same thing. <laughs> you guys oh went horror God. movie, and I was like, what's that Arnold movie from the 90s? Oh, Last Action last Hero. Action Hero. <laughs> uh, oh, let, uh, Purple Rose of Cairo? Sure, uh-huh. <laughs> just like, Jesus. <laughs> no, we don't talk about him anymore. He is banned. I will talk about Mia whenever I want to talk about Mia. Thank you very much. Okay, Mia's on the table, yeah. <laughs> and what's his Ronan's name? Ronan's on the table. Ronan is doable and therefore on the table. Mm-hmm. Wait, not that okay. table. <laughs> Oh, moving on, moving on. Yes. Now, now he's judging my furniture. You see how they are? Ugh. Well, so Joe, are, are you compelled to watch the sequel after seeing this movie? Uh, they did a screening here, uh, here in Toronto a couple months ago, and they tried to do it as like a food themed thing with this film. And oh, I remember hello? seeing this extended trailer. It's just like a girl running at the camera endlessly with her giant talons. And I thought... This is a very odd-looking movie, but it it very much fits with what this first film is. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm. I feel it's like if fine. I ever need it's a fine. good gory dumb yeah. film, yeah, it it's could fine. Be a good watch. Although I mean, people seem to like it more, even though it's less coherent. At the end of that one, I'm going. I really don't know what any of this was about, or why oh, yeah. it happened. Okay. Yeah. But this one, it's like you said, it's it's not laid out for you specifically, but it's all there. All the pieces are there if you pay attention. But I think that's the problem with the kids today. <laughs> <laughs> they're all on their phones. They're all they don't on like to pay coat. attention. They don't like to connect the dots themselves. I'll go ask like my friends, you guys. Um, I'll go. I'll go talk to them. It's fine. Isn't it past their bedtime, Joe? No, Chase. Yeah. No. Should you be? Oh, that's right. Because you're you're behind me. You're you're behind. You're now behind me. <laughs> okay. So they did Sons of Demons. I think it's a great Halloween movie. It's a great Halloween party movie because it's also one you don't have to pay attention to. Yes. When it's a party situation, because there's always something happening. Yeah, but you could also oh, make yeah. a drinking game of it very easily if you were so inclined. Elaborate. Well, I mean, anytime somebody transforms, mm-hmm. anytime somebody ends up, you know, like crawling around on the floor when they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anytime somebody puts on the mask, anytime somebody does coke. I mean, you die in that one scene. (laughs) This is not untrue, but I mean, typically drinking games amp up as you get closer to the finale. So really, you want your liver to give out by the time that uh, George mounts the crotch rocket. (laughs) But that's the best part. It's true. You go out on a bang. You're like, wow. Oh, that's, so if you're, oh, that's, that's your reward for surviving fisting. the drinking. Got you. That's a reward for surviving the drinking game. I get to ogle George. Welcome to my male gaze. Okay, it's boys. True. Thank you very much. That was demons. So why not? Before we go, actually, I do have a question for you guys. Since you are both gay men, what? Allegedly, you're okay. queers, right? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> People of the cocksucking variety. But, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, that's going to go on my business card. I think Trace only does anal, actually. So. Uh, I am of the cocksucking variety. <laughs> and that is literally going to be my job now. And that's my pull quote for the episode. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I just like for me, I'm just wondering how it was for you being younger, gay, and a horror fan. Because for me, I had a very specific 
it was another closet for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. I see. I had I had the gays that adopted me, the older gays who were like teaching me how to be a proper gay and about my gay history and everything like that. And everybody I met was horrified by my movie collection, shocked, appalled. Like your gay. Like I had to hide were? it. I had to hide everything, like it was porn. Hmm. And it was not until I like just before I started doing this podcast, it was the first time, like in 2010 was the first time I met other gay people who were ecstatic the way I was about horror movies. I'm just wondering how it was for you guys. Mm. Trace, you want to go ahead? Okay. Um, So I, growing up, so I came out early when I was 16, but I was always, because I wasn't allowed to watch R-rated movies as a kid, so I didn't really Mm -hmm. get, I, I didn't get into horror really until later. I mean, like, I, as a kid, I liked kid horror, so I watched you know a lot of Scooby Doo. I watched Hocus Pocus. Hell yes. I watched Poltergeist, uh-huh. Gremlins, all this stuff. But um, yeah, and so I but like, that's what I bought him with my dad growing up. Was once I was allowed to watch R-rated movies, and I was like fourteen or fifteen. Like that's what we, he would always take me to go see scary movies because he liked them, but my mom didn't. So, but okay. but my friends never really had that problem. I actually because I was also a theater kid in high school. Ah, a lot of them also liked horror too. So I would frequently host horror movie nights at my house. Um, he still does, and I still do. Yes, but but. So when I came, when I started coming out, which is when I was 16, I would come out to them first because they were like, I guess, yeah, if you're treating horror as a closet, like they were the first like people outside of my family that like I came out with my horror love to. And so it only made sense that I came out like as gay to them as well. But in reaching other gay horror fans, I only really, besides my husband, um, because my husband actually hated me when he met me, but um, we bonded over. Is this the 15th time he's mentioned his husband? Are we keeping track? Yep. We get it. You're married. Please continue. But no, no like we 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 only <laughs> keep gloating. Keep we're loading. only married now because of horror. Because we bonded over horror. But I didn't really start oh, meeting okay. a lot of gay horror fans until I started writing for Bloody Disgusting and mm. getting active on Twitter, I guess, mm-hmm. and meeting people that way. Right. Okay. Which sounds kind like of sad, like meeting people on Twitter, but like, yeah, I mean, no, not, at all. not at all. It's it's better than meeting them on Instagram. Ew. But um, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, question for you, Joe. Uh, okay, so... What, what what shows did you do? Wait, who was just talking? That was you, Joe, right? No, that was Trace. That was Trace. Trace. <laughs> Sorry, Trace. Sorry. I got so wrapped up in the story, I can't tell you apart. Plus, you're fighting so much, I just don't, I don't want to get attached. Well, he, he hugs the mic so much, so... No. Uh, I do. What shows did... Just, since you were a theater kid, what shows did you do in high school? Um, so musicals, we did Once Upon a Mattress, we did Ugh. Annie, we did Fiddler, yeah. and we did Music Man, yeah. But for plays, like, I was Charlie and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Um, we did a man, uh, we did the Odd Couple, both male and female versions. Uh, we did The Man Who Came to Dinner, we did The 13th Chair, which is a murder mystery, and I got to die in the oh, first yeah. scene. Uh-huh. Ooh, I know that one, yeah. Um, nice. I don't know, we did a bunch of others, like, I mean, we did, like, three plays a year and a musical. Uh-huh. Wow. Nice. You, you, you. Actually, you could have stopped at Once Upon a Mattress because now all, all I can think about is opening for a princess, which I always thought was a revolting song. <laughs> it gets stuck in my head when I'm doing chores all the time, and I because ha- I, I, yeah, don't I have why. a piggy mind, so I have an opening for a princess, but it's not what they're singing about in the song. <laughs> I'm so far removed from all of this and just going uh-huh. to really dirty places. I, I, that's my other closet: is the horror, the horror meets theater thing well, no. doesn't go together no that that trust me like i'm a musical theater nut and so like when i meet someone who is also into horror and is also gay and is also in a musical theater which it's like a trifecta for me come sit next to me sometime there we go <laughs> i promise i won't finger you next to your dad okay so so joe what, what's your story <laughs> uh mine's not quite as interesting because i would actually argue that i have yet to really meet my queer horror community at least in person so 
I came out quite a bit later. I didn't come out until midway through my university career. And mm -hmm. uh, I've met tons of really amazing gay people, but I haven't actually met a lot of them in person who like horror films. I have a couple, okay. but they're not quite on the same level. Uh, you know, that. they kind of casually dabble in it. So okay. even now when I'm looking for people to go to screenings with, half the time I end up turning to a couple of like... Well, I have, I have a writing partner that I end up going with a lot, but uh, the list is very narrow. So it wasn't yeah. really, I guess, like you, Trace, until I was more active on social media that I was finding that there's a huge queer horror contingent and that people are really active and they're really, they embrace the genre. And I think one of the things that I've loved about doing the show and the columns is just finding the queer readings and seeing how people either embrace it or how it speaks to them or how they say oh wow I never really thought of that but I always used to watch that and now yeah. I kind of maybe understand a little bit why so yeah. well that's the thing is like with queer horror fans like a lot of us seem to have gravitated towards the same films as we were growing up or at least similar yeah. types of films yeah depending on the generation and that sort of thing but right yeah mm -hmm. that's interesting thank you for sharing that um yeah just because like I said I had to hide stuff for so long that mm -hmm. it was just so like it was just something to, like I would not bring it up on first dates. I like, oh, had to wait yeah. like the third date. Yeah, yeah. And then people would be like, "Oh, are you a serial killer?" See, I think for me though, but I also think it's a different. I think it's a different time because you know up until very recently, horror was like one step above porn. Right. In the eyes of the of the world, oh, it the was smut. It was sleaze. It was stuff you didn't want to do. It would ruin your career. Yes. Yeah, that's true. If you did a movie, because really, for the most part, you, if you're in a slasher movie, you did that one, no one ever saw you again. Yeah. Or it's bottom dating, of the barrel. <laughs> but for dating, I feel like it's a good weed out, you know? It's like, I don't know. Put, yes. I like horror in my dating profile, and then boom. Like, that just weeds out a bunch of people that you don't want to waste your time with. Yeah, yeah. And then I got the weirdos. And I'm like, maybe this isn't a good idea. So, but it's all it's all worked out in the end. It's taken, you know, 40 plus years. But it's nice to know you guys are out there. And gals. And, and, and those of you who do not conform to either. And seemingly so many of us now, right? Like it, it, one of the things that's really impressed Trace and I is just the, the population boom of even like the number of queer horror podcasts that have come out yeah. in just the last like two years. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for no, paving yeah, the way. <laughs> you were an early adopter. I mean, honestly, right now, queer horror is hotter than it's ever been right now. And I really think it's because of podcasts like yours that have kind of helped pioneer this affinity for it. It's just, yeah, I mean, no, it's I, great. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that until uh, until recently. I think it was last year when I started having new podcast guests on the show, and they'd be like, "Oh man, thank you so much!" Because back in the day, like I would Google the gay and horror, and you were literally the only thing that came up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was like these isolated pockets. There were a couple of websites like Camp Blood. There was Stacy Ponder, and they were gone. We love Stacy Ponder. She was just on. Yeah, we had her on uh, a couple months ago as well. Yeah, she's. A ch I've always loved Stacy Ponder, and the <laughs> fact that she's got a podcast now makes me so incredibly happy. Oh, yeah. it's so great. <laughs> Oh yeah, and again, like she can like what I love about her, similar to you guys, like they are so funny and so off the wall. But then all of a sudden, they delivered like this serious truth about a movie. Yeah, simply, <laughs> succinctly, and there it is, and my mind is just blown. <laughs> 
Yeah, I feel like the the queer horror podcasts are really killing it in the way that we're both doing like deep critical dives, but then we're also like shooting the shit and just like making really funny sexual jokes and just being inappropriate. Like it's kind of the best of both worlds. Well, and it is funny how we have some crossover with our film coverage too, because like obviously if you're going for films with queer elements, you know, there is a select group that you go to and there's more popular ones, more well-known ones. So of course, you know, we, sure. we map out our whole like, you know, year of film coverage and then boom, like I see that one, you know, like Stacy and I, her co-host Anthony are like watching something. I'm like, Joe, they're fucking doing it. Yeah, <laughs> we got to move our thunder. <laughs> oh wait, they're isn't different people. Weird, though, podcasting, <laughs> isn't that weird though with podcasting? How all of a sudden everybody decides to do the same random obscure movie at the exact same time? Yes. Yeah. It's such a weird. <laughs> so annoying. It's so annoying. But hey, yeah. it's a, it's, if that's the worst thing that happens to us, so be it. Exactly. So before you boys go. Please remind everybody where they can find your show and find out more about you, too. Yeah, um, they, they can find me uh, at Traced Thurman on Twitter. That's my first name, last name with a D in the middle. And I am at B Storm My Remote. That's the letter B. We don't have a Twitter page for our uh, for the podcast, but we do have a Facebook page for it. So you can always go friend, find go friend that go like that uh and uh yeah i mean you can find our podcast horror queers on pretty much any podcatcher um apple itunes stitcher TuneIn, spotify and uh, of course you can always just go to bloody disgusting because we post the podcast there and also our monthly articles on queer horror excellent thank you very much and also thank you so much for helping out with the podathon thank you for taking time out to help the kids in new alternatives this is a cause near and dear to my heart and to see so many people stepping up this year that I, I, I only dreamed of having on the show is making me very excited and very happy. So thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. Congratulations on a worthy And thank you for classing up the show a bit, too. Yeah. No. <laughs> thank you for having us. And yeah, thank you so much for doing for this cause. It's it's really, really inspiring. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Before you guys go, one more thing. Mm. I almost forgot. Oh, my God. It's the most important thing. Uh-oh. Happy Halloween! Woo! Woo! <laughs> And that, my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful streamers, is going to wrap up the final interview segment for the Every Day is Halloween fundraiser, aka the Countdown to Halloween Potathon 2019. Yay! Yay! Oh, sure, the fun part's over. We got that part done. But before we move on, I got to say thank you once again to Trace Thurman and Joe Lipset for coming on the show. Um, I'm, I'm still flabbergasted that I got these people. Oh, so many people that I just can't believe are on my show. And I'm just talking to them like they're normal people and I'm not falling over myself. But I'm not. I'm awesome. I'm able to control myself. Or I turned the cameras off so that you couldn't see it. Anyway, please check out the horror queers it's a fantastic show i love it they're smart and 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 and, and sassy and it's a good combination of both and now, much like gayish and and so many of the other shows that we talk about never ever preachy never sanctimonious just honest from the heart not kind of textbooky this is major kind of reactions smart stuff i love them go listen to them and you would love them too well kids it's come to that time where I go to our little donation pages and thank the people who donated since the last episode. And when I have done that, I will tally up 
all of the funds that we got. I'll be doing math, so it will be hilarious and tragic at the same time. And we're going to find out, did we hit the goal that we set? Did we raise $4,000 to help the homeless queer kids at New Alternatives? Did we make the difference in their lives that we hope to make? I don't know yet. I got other parts to do yet. Jesus, God, the suspense is killing me and I already know the answer. God. On the Facebook page, we got eh, nothing. A big, fat zero. Let's just bask in that moment for a while, shall we? I'm all of a sudden finding myself in acting class. If I was a zero, how would I walk across the room? I feel the snow. I feel the cold out for the hour. Okay, we're not doing chorus line right now. There's nothing on Facebook. Moving on. Okay, going over to the... Mm, no alternative site. Uh, Tara DeVito donated $250. Hey, nice. Tara, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, went to, I went to college with Tara. Oh, my God. Tara's, Tara's that girl that always got the lyrics to everything wrong, like majorly wrong. She's the one that thought it was... That it, the lyrics were in central heating. I... She thought that the lyrics to Sexual Heating, that he was actually singing about Sexual Heating, when I get that feeling, I need Sensual Heating. That's Tara, and she gave us $250, and she got her company to match the donation, so boom, $500, just like that. We can get some serious Sexual Heating for those kids in no terms with that, Tara. Thank you very much. No, she, no, you shut up. I'm not crying, you're crying. Um, Wendy Monitz donated $85. Thank you, Wendy. And... Okay, the last one is um, Vanessa Archambault, who I'm not familiar with. She donated, uh, okay, it looks like it looks, she donated $1,052. Let's take a moment to just step back and get out of our chairs and like raise our hands in the air for Vanessa Archambault. Oh my goodness. No, there was a note. I got this a while ago and I fell out of my chair and I just did it again. She wrote a note and said, Listen to the Gaylords episode, loved your story about the cause, and wanted to donate smiley face. I immediately got on the horns of the Gaylords. I'm like, do you know what just happened? What if your people came to my show and just threw $1,000 at me? And they were like, oh my God, did that really happen? Yes, it really happened. So I got to say, Vanessa, I got to confess, I love you more than I would if you were a contessa. Thank you so much. The next thing I can think that could rhyme with that was undress it, and that would be inappropriate. That would be inappropriate. I'm very happy. I, think I found this out just before the Paranorman episode, and I've been sitting on it. I've been sitting on Vanessa Archambault for a really long time. Why? Because I didn't want you to not donate, which you didn't do anyway. <laughs> all the donations are my friends who don't listen to the show, so F all you guys. <laughs> um, all right. And now, for the truly scary portion of the entire year, the most scary thing to happen on the podcast, on screen, off screen, me doing math. All right, you might remember that the last time I did the tally, the grand total between the two donation pages was $2,881. Okay, this actually probably won't be too complicated because there's only been two donations since then. And that would be Tara's $500 donation and... Vanessa's 1,000 smackaroos, which is $1,500. So that would be, uh, put that together for a grand total. 
Wait a minute. Hold on. Last minute M. Night Shyamalan twist. Dun, dun, dun. You know what I didn't take into consideration? I completely forgot that I had completely separate donation pages for the countdown to Halloween Bonathon back in October for those four episodes that aired. So there's a whole chunk of money sitting over there that I did not take into account last time. Dun, dun, dun! How much could it be? Do you remember? I don't remember. I didn't remember the page was there for Christ's sake. I've wearily crept over, over there because I'm surprising myself with this as well to discover that the grand total of the donations of the two pages for the countdown to Halloween fundraiser was butter, 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 That's a lot of butters. It's not like butters, it's just butter, butters. $1,120. That's a big chunk of money to forget dim, dipshit. I know, mister. I know. That's why I'm talking to myself. Well, holy God. Now we have all these numbers. I don't even know where we're starting. Okay, just mash them all together, mash them all together, mash them all together. Uh... I edit out where I just ask Alexa what the answer is. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, I am proud to announce that the grand total of the combined countdown to Halloween Potathon, every day is Halloween fundraiser, is bada 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 bing bada bing bada boom bada bing bada boom. $5,000. And one dollar. Can't you feel a brand new day? Can't you feel a brand new day? That's dancing around the wig. Okay, look. What? I'm not allowed a spontaneous burst of the whiz in my own apartment? In a moment of joy? Fuck you. I just did that. I don't care. I don't care if that got me a concussion early today. That hurt to do it. I don't care. Wah! Not only did we pass the goal, we fucking crushed it, kids. Yes! Yes! I was grumpy for no reason, all because I completely forgot about an entire page worth of money! How about that shit? Well, there you go. Here's the thing, kids. We're not done. I mean, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But those donation pages are staying open for another bit. They're staying open until the 15th of January, because we had a lot of funds come in, rolling in. After the thing closed last year, we had a good other thousand dollars. We might have even more money coming in. Hey, people who didn't pay up yet! Now that it's all said and done, the hard work's been done, maybe you can cough up a few cash, cough up a few dollars, put some icing on this fucking awesome cake, and really show them what a bunch of horror faggots can do. Because, you know, I didn't just do, I mean, yes, I'm doing this for them. But as I started doing the, this, this fundraiser the first time, I realized it goes against what people think of us. Horror fans and gay people. And I'm using, I'm using the umbrella, okay, I'm using gay as the umbrella, okay, queer people, queer people, fine, queer people. Like, oh my God, hard people, but they just love death and destruction, and they're all creepy and weird, and they plot evil things. Yeah, we do, but we're also really nice. We plot them in our heads to put them on screen. We don't do them in real life. We actually care about people. We actually show up and do stuff. And you know what? If you want something done, you ask a queen, right? So when you take these two communities, these two big-hearted communities, and mash them together and put them to work, this is the shit that happens. And people don't know that we do this. People don't, they're like... Why? Why don't you? Why don't you do? Why don't you do something like that? Why don't you do something like, like a scary thing? I don't want to do scary things. Life is scary enough. Let's stop some scary things. Keep it on the screen and out of life. And stop looking at us weird. You're the ones who are weird. You don't like horror movies. Go fuck yourself. You know what? Okay. Well, all right. Before I gotta wrap this up because I okay. I'm excited and here we go. All right. I'm, we have got a lot of people to thank. 
buckle in. Or just leave. I don't know. I don't care. Whatever. Just leave me rambling. I don't care. I don't care. But I want to thank all of my fabulous, fabulous guest hosts from both segments of the Potathon. And I'm talking about Michael K. Loon, Josh and Liz Krebs from Bloody Date Night, Allison Nowacki and Brian Polk, Vanessa McHenry from the VD Clinic Podcast, Terry Menard from Daily Dreadful Blog, Stacy and Cynthia Kinnard Diamond, otherwise known as the Creepy Kids Bitches. Yes, yes, yes. Jordan McLaughlin, designer of Don't Get Stabbed, Michael Howie from Defender Radio, Chris Gronlin from Not About Lumberjacks, Dan Cohen, Kristen Petty from Kill Your Darlings, Zane Weber, Kristen Barrows from These Schools Taught Me Everything I Know, Robert Arbest, the author, Jeff Baldry from the Skewered Universe Podcast, um, Oh, God, there's so many people. Jesus, I had a lot of guests. Holy crap. Okay. Michael Ahern, Christopher Dalpy, Brandon Barrosancho, otherwise known Brandon Barros Sanchos, otherwise known as the Drop. No, Death Drop Fabulous. Whatever the hell you mean. Death Drop Gorgeous. That's the name of your movie. Mike Johnson, Kyle Getz from Gayish and their buttholes. Stacey Ponder, Anthony Hudson, the Gay Lords of Darkness, Doug Shapiro, Trace Thurman, and Joe Lips at the fucking horror queers. We thank you so much. God damn it. Thank you all for sticking through this whole goddamn nightmare. I mean, granted, you did your thing months ago and you were done, but you know, you actually did it. A lot of people just backed out of me. I just never showed up, but you guys came through, and believe me, that is noted. It is well noted. So please, give all these people your love. Go check out their shows. I just give you a whole fucking list of fabulous shows to go check out, so go do that. Or at least send them a note and say thank you for giving a shit. About somebody besides yourself. Like, so many people do. I'm not gonna, no, no, get down there, right? Don't get down this radio patch. Okay. Oh my gosh. Hey, you know who made this all really easy? That was a lot of guests. Did you see how many guests that was? I put all that shit together and I had added all that shit. And I could never have done it as easily as I did and as saline as I did it without the help of Squadcast. This episode was recorded with Squadcast. Do you notice I had nothing bad to say about it? That's why. The boys showed up, they did the thing, they left. I edited it. It was easy. It was fabulous. Fun. Done. Squawkcast is giving an incredible remote recording experience for professional podcasters. If you were sick and tired of your podcast sounding like shit every time you have to deal with a guest, look into Squadcast. Yes, it costs more. But you're a professional. Sound like one. So head on over to uh, Captivate FM if you're interested. If you're podcasting and you want to you step up your game, use that link in the show notes bit.ly slash flemsquad and use ho- code holiday19 for one half up for 50% off your first month when you sign up with squadcast fm they are the best woohoo but oh actually they are, they're, the, they're the bestest and only like in the same well they're sharing the spot with my beloved jedi knights of captivate fm the podcast hosts who for the first time in 10 years have brought sanity to producing the scream queens podcast and yet it still goes on. You think I would lose my... You think the show would get less interesting if I didn't have a lot to complain about? And was not crazy all the time from trying to figure out all these technical problems? Well, you thought wrong. There's plenty to talk about. And I'm still crazy. How about that? Yay. Thank you, Captiv- Captivate FM, for making me realize I'm crazy no matter what. Use that. If you're a podcaster, you're looking for a show host, you're tight, or you just want to try them out, use that link in the show notes. Get two weeks free of Captivate FM. They will blow your mind. It's the end of the year, kids. There's going to be changes in the show next year. Not right away. And I'm going to tell about one of them right now. Because I want you to start thinking about it. I'm in the market for a co-host. 
Yep. I'm at the point where this is all just too much for one person to handle. Like, in order for the show to grow, I need somebody else here. I can't do all the work myself. So, you know, so aside from somebody who's also, who's, you know, know how to do the artistic part of a podcast, I need someone who knows the technical stuff. And, you know, the, the nitty-gritty stuff, the non-sexy stuff, that we could share that burden. I'm going to probably be preferential to someone of the rainbow persuasion, although legally I don't believe I can say it. It's not a real job. What am I saying? I can pick whatever the fuck I want. It's my show. But if they're in the New York area, that's a bonus. Not that I want to sit in the house and, like, look at you all the time. But I need someone to be feet on the ground to start booking live gigs because I can't do that from here. I can't do the show and edit the show and do all this other stuff and then put together a live show. I need at least a co-host or someone to step up and be that part of the team. So that's okay. Putting the Scrooge Creed team together. So if you're in the New York area if, uh, and are interested in like helping plan live shows, please let me know. Um, if you're interested in trying out as a guest host, I'm bringing out as a guest. We'll just see how it goes. If you know somebody, let me know. Because I can't do this by myself anymore and it's time to grow. And I can't grow unless I get another person on the show. I don't know what I'm doing. Patrick, and the show. I don't want to. I'm so tired, I just don't want to move, yet my mouth keeps flapping and flapping. What else is new? You shut your whore mouth. How dare you? How dare you? You know what I got to say to you? Until next year, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a creepier but more fabulous place. Have the happiest and safest of New Year's. Do something absolutely outrageous that you never want to tell anybody about, but then write me a note about it anyway. I, I won't tell a soul. I went to Catholic school, so it's kind of like confession privilege. Never mind. I don't. Know, I don't know what I'm saying. You know. I don't. Uh, sometimes when it's the final reel, you have to embrace the fact that it's the final reel, and that there's no more script, and there's no more lines to say. All the work is done. The bad guys are all gone, and all you have to do is walk silently off into the sunset. But I can't do that because the Scream Queen's golden rule. Let's say it all together one last time for 2019. One, two, three, fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel, baby. If something tells me 2020 is going to be a shit show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches!